Podcasting from anywhere other than a jail cell, this is Soberholic, a podcast created to encourage, equip, and inspire you to overcome your hurts, habits, and hangups. And now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason. Welcome to Soberholic Podcast. My name is Roger. I'm back in studio face-to-face with Jason. Yes, we're about six foot apart. Yeah. Or close enough. Yeah. Like, if I used my hand with no hand on it, we would be probably be six foot. Like, right. Because I'm about six inches short on that side. I've been wearing my mask a pretty good bit when I go out. Yeah, I haven't. I'm like, I do it if I have to, but I don't, I'm not a mask guy. Well, when I go to certain places, I'm like, these places were nasty <laughs> before I yeah. wore all this COVID stuff. So. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get on that hit because I'll get hate mail, and I, I don't yeah. want to go there. You don't want to just talk about masks for no, 30 minutes? No, 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 I don't. I don't, I don't want to talk about masks <laughs> But we all. are going to talk about going out. Yeah, I do like talking about going out because I've been thinking some, I guess, lately about going out and some of the experiences of I've, I've had in sobriety because um, I guess early on in recovery – one thing that I ha- I began doing was separating myself from all the old friends that I had, or old people, maybe is the better way of saying that. And I began finding new friends, and some of the things that I did early on in sobriety was that I would hang around the people that went to the meetings with me, and we would go out afterwards and do, you know, bowling, or heck, we played poker. Um, you know, it wasn't high-stakes poker or nothing like that. It was just something to have fun with. And um, so there was a lot of different things we'd do. We'd do, you know, board games, and the list goes on and on. But I, I began to be social again with um, safer people. And and that was the, the cocoon I wrapped myself in so that I could not really be tempted by the outside world. But then there came this point, and I mean, it wasn't like a light switch that happened, but I gradually began – going back with friends and you know family members let's say and doing things with them maybe it was a wedding or an outing where maybe some of my family members drank and i had to be around them in order to be part of the family right and and a lot of times they would respect me but then other times you know it wasn't that they was disrespecting me they were just living their life and just because i was an alcoholic didn't mean they quit drinking right right? yeah i mean you don't you don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable because you were the one that had the problem right And so, you know, I began doing some of that, and I listened to the folks in, in my recovery groups tell me some safe practices. I think we've even talked about some of those safe practices, little bits and um, pieces on, on the show. But um, so it began where I, I would branch out and do more things. And, and some of those situations where I've been in social situations um, are kind of the topic of today. I wanted us to really talk about some of our – personal experiences of what it's looked like in sobriety of how we've navigated those things because uh, of course we always want sobriety to be rainbows and butterflies it's just not Mm -hmm. and because we get sober the rest of the world doesn't get sober right and so how do we navigate those things that's kind of the conversation today yeah and i mean also too i mean it can also be a little bit harder like if you're in recovery and you're trying to stay anonymous you know, that's a whole nother issue, uh, especially in social situations, and we'll talk about that, too. All right. So what do you want to talk about first? You well, got a story for us? Well, I, I guess I got a lot of stories today. I'm not going to be giving, like, any um, points, per se, right. you know, because sometimes we do that. Like, you know, if you do A, B, and C, then things get better. Right. Um, I think, really, in this situation, just personal experiences may be the best. Mm-hmm. So 
I thought, you know, what kind of situations have I been in uh, where there was, I kind of put myself in a knowing situation where I could be tempted to drink right. or, or drugs. And um, so I'll probably use these things interchangeably through here, but we'll just say drinking in this situation. But um, one of the things I was taught early on is I'm, if I'm going to go into a situation uh, where there may be alcohol there, I should take someone with me in recovery. Well, fortunately for me, my wife is in recovery. So, you know, we, we get to do those things together. Yeah. And, you know, we, we become accountability partners. We've never tried to sponsor one another, but, yeah, we do understand, <laughs> you know, temptation and what it looks like. So we decided, I don't know, this was probably 13 years or so ago. We were a couple of years sober at that time, and um, we were going to go on a cruise, we, you know, just a cruise ship, you know, large ship. We've never been on one before. It was like, this This would be awesome. People that we had went before us had told us how fun it was, and it sounded like a great time. And, uh, of course, the people who had recommended this to us had never drank before. Uh, excuse me. They they did drink and did not have a problem with drinking, you know, but not alcoholically. And so to give us those type of warnings, they didn't even think to do that. So we, we went through the customs thing and did all of those little things you do to get on side of a cruise ship. You know, and there was a big gamut of things if you've ever done one. And so we we finally get on the cruise ship. And as soon as you enter into them, there's like bartenders and waitresses everywhere. There's probably 30 bars on, on a cruise ship because that's definitely a moneymaker. Because you're just floating around the middle of the ocean with not a whole lot to do yeah. other than to get yeah. drunk. Right. And so they're handing out these mixed drinks that look fabulous because you're on the beach or, you know, you know, ocean anyway. And you're walking around this deck. The sun's beaming down. It's a beautiful day. Everybody's in bikinis and bathing suits and all this. You're thinking party re- relaxation. And you've got just one person after another going special. Special, yeah. special, special. And the crazy thing about a cruise ship is they don't even, everything's charged to this thing called a sell and sign card. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like your personal credit card that really has no limit to it, but it is going to your credit card, but it doesn't look like it. Uh, and smart. so, yeah, I mean, so you don't really feel the damage until it's all over with. And so these seven or eight dollar specials, whatever they are, um, you know, you can charge them and just sign a receipt. You're mm-hmm. done. And, um, anyways, uh, that was a really quick temptation that we keep, we kept seeing over and over and over. Well, you know, we kind of talked and laughed and we'd hear the different names of the drinks and, you know, it, it went on fairly well for us. We didn't really like, oh, I got to white knuckle it through all this, but on the itinerary for a cruise ship, at least through carnival, this is the one we went through. Um, there's a space on there. Well, there's actually a couple, but I'll just say this one. It said friends of Bill W meet inside the library at so-and-so time, mm-hmm. you know, cause they'll tell you when to eat, when there's shows or playing right. and all these different things. But we're like, yeah, friends, of Bill W I'm a friend of Bill. I'm a friend. Yeah. So let's go check this out because, you know, we really didn't want to go do the, you know, drunken bingo over here right. let's go try the friends with bill yeah. it, it may be a little safer for us and we'll we'll make sure that we're you know really coming back to our recovery every day on this cruise so we found ourselves in the library we'll say it was five o'clock and you know we got there early because that's what i do we got there about 10 minutes early so it's not unheard of for anybody to get there you know on time or even a little bit late so i looked down at five o'clock nobody here just me and my wife and some little kids playing scrabble in the corner because there was always board games and stuff in there and usually they'll dismiss themselves when it was time 505 nobody showed up uh-uh. and we're 520 or so we're like well 
just me and you. Yeah. You know? And then there's that old thing, well, two or more are gathered, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we start joking with one another about this. And we, we come to we start laughing because we're like, so there we're on a cruise ship with twenty five hundred other people, not counting the crew, and we're the only two alcoholics here, huh? Yeah. And so anyway, we we found out that they do offer meetings but maybe not all the time that people show up and right uh, to be to be fair we we went to several that way and sometimes people show up sometimes they don't sometimes they look like a traditional meeting and sometimes they're not and probably some of the best times i've had is when we sat there just just a couple other guys that just showed up on random like us and we just talked about our recovery oh yeah you know and just got to meet new friends because we had something um that we uh, had in, in common with one yeah. another. Oh yeah. What That's, about you? Have you have you ever done anything crazy? Like something where you would think you wouldn't do that in recovery, like go on a cruise. Yeah, I mean, like you think you should go on one, but like you you can't live in a bubble, and so yeah. I think uh, I was thinking about the few concerts I've been to. Um you know, since I've been sober and, and going sober. And one one of my favorite bands um, of all time is a band called Guster, G-U-S-T-E-R. They're awesome. And, um, you know, I used to listen to them back when I was getting high and drinking and everything. What kind of music do they, they sing? Um, it sounds like B-52 music. No, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of folk I don't know. It, it's just music you like. It's like, yeah, it's weed smoking music, basically, <laughs> kind of. But I mean, it's it's not like a jam. They're not like a jam band, like Widespread Panic or anything like yeah. that, where it's like a twenty nine minute guitar solo. Or right. It's it's nothing like that. Um, but anyway, I've always liked them, and they were kind of one of the bands that I always liked. And then. Um, they were coming to New Orleans, uh, but I, I had been sober maybe like a year and a half or so, and they was going to be at the Hard Rock, uh, whatever, at, in New Orleans. And I remember talking to my sponsor at the time about it, and I was like, yeah, you know, there's this concert down here. And and he was like, you know, maybe maybe wait on that, you know. Um, uh, maybe Maybe you're not ready. And so I, I took his advice, his, his suggestion, actually, and I didn't go then. But last year, I went and I saw him last year, mm-hmm. uh, beginning of 2019, sometime around in there. They came here to Birmingham. And I went with another uh, old friend who's also a friend of Bill W. And so, like, we kind of agreed to go with each other to help each other, you know, keep each other accountable or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, because none of my other friends want to go see this band because nobody knows who they are. So <laughs> there was like, that was like the big problem is trying to find somebody to go with me. Like Dakota, she was, you know, my wife, she doesn't want to go cause she doesn't like this band. <laughs> and, uh, so we kind of agreed to go and just kind of, you know, be each other's accountability. Um, and we went and, and it was actually good. Um, it wasn't. Like the the music wasn't quite like I remember it, you know. Um, it never is. It's like watching an old movie from your childhood. It's not any good anymore. <laughs> a lot of them aren't, you know. Um, it's like I, you know. But anyway, I I did enjoy, really enjoy it, and I remember coming home that night being like, you know, this is cool. And so I ended up going to another concert just like a couple of months later with that same friend. 
um, who's also who was also in the program, and it was it was great, you know. And uh, the only reason I hadn't gone to one this year is because of COVID and that kind of stuff. But you know, it's something that I feel safe doing now, going mm-hmm. to a concert. As long as I have somebody to go with me. Mm. I wouldn't go by myself. One, because that would be weird. Mm-hmm. Just anyway. Just going to, just being that, you know, random dude over in mm-hmm. the corner, like by himself. Um, I wouldn't do it just socially because that would feel strange. But I also wouldn't do it because, like, there's nobody, I have no accountability there. Not just for myself, but for, like, other people. You know, mm-hmm. like, no, I, there's no way I could I could prove to anybody that I didn't drink. Mm-hmm. And so there's that too, but like I don't know if you know about this, but there's like this whole like movement in especially in like young timers uh, of Alcoholics Anonymous, like where they all go to fish shows. Like there's this big group of sober people at fish shows. No. Oh yeah, it's like a it's like a big thing, hmm. and so they all go with each other to these shows, and I think there's actually some that go to like other you know that their favorite band is this band or that or whatever and they team up with each other and they go with each other and and have a good time so i don't understand the, the concert thing like I, i'm i'm out of the loop because we've talked about before on here i think it was when we had a our guest jonathan on here and you and him got to talking about concerts because i think i think i said then that i've never been to a concert or something to this 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 fact but when I was sober, I went to one concert um, early on, a year or so sober, because um, one of the guys was a bachelor party. And what do you do? I mean, how do you have a bachelor party, you know, one, as a Christian, because, uh, you know, and then two, in sobriety. And I'm like, so what do you do? <laughs> I mean, that's nothing I had ever done before. Like, because like I wanted to get hammering into yeah. a strip club or something, uh, is what I did before. That's what you did so, before. You yeah. know, and so how do you do this? So we went to a, a dirt track um, car race, which was cool. <laughs> I mean, I really did. It was um, a Talladega dirt track, uh, <laughs> and it was awesome. I'd never been to one. Huh. Cars were just crazy. It was crazy loud, too. But then we also had went to a Nickelback concert. Now, my Ooh. disclaimer is, I, like, I love Nickelback. And I know you, you, you I would. can see your face and you don't care nothing about you it. You would. Uh, <laughs> if I got the first song I asked you to help me play on the guitar. <laughs> that's true. Uh, and so, but one thing I noticed, because that's the, that's the only, I guess we'll call it secular uh, concert that I can remember going to, other than maybe a, at a carnival at the fairgrounds or something like that but you know where i paid money actually to get in to see just a concert and everybody was walking around with beer um because now i go to concerts and usually they're a christian concert and they don't really serve beer maybe they do but i've I've never seen it probably not um but so everybody was just walking around with beer and hey you know like i was back there slobbery drunk and i'm like this i'm sick of smelling beer i'm sick of everybody you know all over me and then there was part of me that missed doing that myself yeah i was i was aggravated with one hand but the other hand i wanted to be that guy so when you was at your guster concert was anyone find did you find anyone like passing a joint to you or trying to get you to to, to take drugs anything like that i mean what i went to a radiohead concert um right before i moved to birmingham i guess i was about four years sober at the time i went with another friend who was in recovery and there was a guy like two rows down just smoking a joint and of course the smoke's 
coming all up in our face. And, uh, you know, there was definitely that millisecond, you know, where I was like, oh, I know, I remember that smell, you know. But, you know, that's where having accountability in these type of situations to me, like, is key, you know. Mm-hmm. Where if I would have just been there by myself and somebody would have start passing something to me, I mean, it would be a lot more tempting because you're like, I could get away with this. And so I, I don't, I would never go to a concert setting like that by myself or, or without somebody who knows me, knows I'm in recovery and, or, or is either in recovery themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I just, I just think you're asking for trouble if you're going to go to a concert setting like that, you know, on your own and just think you're going to be, you're going to be strong enough just to, just to, you know, resist the temptation I don't. I know myself too well, and I'm not going to put myself to the test like that just because I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, you know, listen to either or of these these, I guess, social um, experiments, if you want to call it that. I don't really know the word for it, but situations, um, whether it be a cruise or a concert. I personally believe that your motive is a big part of that, right. you know, because I can say I'm just going to a concert, but deep down behind my, you know, my motive is, well, I, I maybe I'll just test the waters there. Yeah. Maybe I'll just have one, you yeah. know, beer there, you know, cause everybody else is going to be doing it there, right. you know? And so it just didn't make a lot of sense. If um, I'm not, what is that old saying? I, I, I'm going to get it wrong. If, Maybe you, sit you, can, in a, uh, if you go yeah. hang out in a barbershop too long, you'll get a haircut? No, but uh, th- that is one. But there's a guy, you'll know who I, who it is when I say it. used to go to our, our AA group. But he would say, my sobriety is contingent upon my my spirituality. Um, my ma- My spiritual maintenance. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. I know but, you're dumb about. Yeah, and so if I find myself far away from God, that is not a time for me to go and be around all those things. Right. You no. know, if I've quit praying, if I've quit reading, if I've quit, you know, surrounding myself with people from recovery, that's not the time to go out and try, you know, my first Guster concert. Right. It's just, you know, so, you know, that maybe that plays into the motive thing that I'm speaking of as well. Now, there's other things that, that I found myself in um, – not so much personally, but I've had sponsees that do this, mm-hmm. and I've joked about it on the show from time to time because there's been multiple guys that have done this, and they'll go, well, I'm going to be going down here to the local bar, and we know a couple of names of them around here, but I'm going to go down to the local bar, and I'm just going to shoot pool because I'm in this pool league. <laughs> no, the insanity, in my yeah. opinion. Now, some will disagree with me because I do know that there's some guys in sobriety that literally they do well in pool and they've made it to the little Vegas shows and all this stuff um, because that's something they were good at, even drunk, you know? Yeah. And so now it's sober and they can see out of both eyes and they're great at it. <laughs> <laughs> they're not seeing uh, They're not seeing more than one cue ball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's wonderful. But, you know, is that a safe place to be? I personally can't find a reason for me to be there. Right. Because um, I don't go there for the food. I don't go there for, you know, the Diet Coke. They don't serve better water than anywhere else. The the fellowship that I find at a bar is not something that I would say that makes me better or helps me prevent myself from be, from from becoming better. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know. I just, it didn't make a lot of sense for me to be at a bar personally, but I don't play pool. But is it, is it 
one of those situations like with the motive thing like are you trying to relive that whole party atmosphere while trying to stay sober like are you trying to just kind of vicariously get that through other people by being in that scene to me it seems like you're just kind of trying to push the envelope although to be honest to be fair i think you could say the same thing sort of about concerts Mm -hmm. um i think it's a little bit different because if you're going to see a band like you're actually going to listen to the music Mm -hmm. and if that's your motive is i love good live music Mm Uh, which there is none right now. Um, but uh, Well, there's some drop-in ones. There's now. some drop-in drop concerts, yeah. But if your motive is to really just go to listen to the music, that's one thing. If your motive is you miss that party scene, that party atmosphere, well, then I think, I think you're setting yourself up for disaster. But, like, the whole pool thing seems like a little bit flimsier of, a, of an excuse. So, so am I cool to go, play, go to karaoke? Maybe I mean, will karaoke even be fun? I mean, really? I, I I couldn't find it fun doing it. I can't sing. Period. Drunk or not drunk. Well, all the karaoke songs I used to sing, I don't. You know, it just wouldn't be the same. <laughs> they no. Okay, anyway. so here, how about this argument? It falls apart to me, but I, I'm going to depose it anyway. All right, so we say that we're not supposed to be at a bar because just bad things come from a bar. But let's just say you find yourself at Apple, Applebee's. And there's a 30 minute wait, but you could go sit at the bar and get your food right now. Would you do it? I mean, I've sat at the bar and ate before. Oh, that I have too. I but mean, I, I don't just, think I, that's a big deal. I, mean, I, I don't either. But I will say, when I was early in recovery, oh, yeah. it felt really weird oh, to do yeah. that. Yeah. I felt, I mean, I don't know a better way of saying it, but I felt dirty sitting there. Right. Because I felt like I was doing something I wasn't supposed to because what I had done previously. You know, and when I was drinking, it was when I sat at the bar, I was getting drunk. You right. know, I didn't care about eating yeah. food. And so now when I was sitting there to eat food, I almost in me was like, am I supposed to order a drink now? And I, yeah. I felt uneasy. Well, I mean, you know, that, that kind of goes away. I, I mean, or it did with me a little bit with time. Because mm. um, early on, I wouldn't even go anywhere where they even served alcohol just because I was like, let me just, I just want to be safe here. Yeah. Um, but like last, last, uh, August I had my 20 year, um, and this is where I want to talk about a couple of situations where like going to a bar or for pool or going to concerts for music or whatever, you, you can choose not to go to those places, but there's some, there's some places that you, I mean, you can choose not to go, but it's a little bit, you're under a little bit more obligation to go, and there might be alcohol there. Like, one for me was last summer, my 20 year high school reunion. I wanted to go. You know, I wanted to see everybody. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was going to be alcohol there. And I knew that they were probably going to be dancing, and they were probably going to be partying a little bit. And they were, mm-hmm. and that's fine, you mm-hmm. know. I had no problems with them doing that. I don't mm-hmm. think there was anything wrong with it, with what with the way it was done or anything. Everybody had a good time. But um I did like I stayed and I, you know, I ate and I talked to people or whatever, but you know, when they started when the night started, you know, uh, when they started getting crunk, huh? yeah. When they started getting crunk in there, is that man? That's like a 1998 word or something. We just dated ourselves. But when they when they started, you know, loosening up or whatever, and the, that's the, the 80s word. The shots broke out. You know, 
I was like, this is my cue to leave, you yeah. know, just because there wasn't really anything there for me anymore. Did you feel like there was unrealistic expectations on you? Like you were the, the stoner, the drinker in high school. And so to come back, the sober guy, heck, the pastor. Um, no, I was actually the like the youth group, you know, Christian like, dude so in high school. And then they all knew that I got into drugs after high school. Okay. Cause see, like me, I would, they would expect me to come in and act a fool. Yeah, right. Cause that's what yeah. I did in, in my senior year. In fact, I don't ever go to my senior year cause I dropped out my, in 96, yeah. went back in 97 to finish. So I don't even know who I'm supposed to go to. Oh yeah. I mean, there was several conversations I had there where it was like, oh yeah, you know, I lost my twenties to heroin, you know, um, <laughs> that's kind of my go-to line. Just, just cut right to the chase. Yeah. yeah my whole twenties was gone. Yeah. And, uh, but, but nobody asked me if I wanted to drink or anything because, you know, um, due to Facebook and all that kind of stuff now, you know, most people know I'm in recovery and all that kind of stuff. And people are a lot more, it seems like people are a lot more considerate about that. They're a lot more aware of those type of things. Um, a lot more sensitive, but like, you know, that was one situation and another one I'll touch on is like going to weddings. I've gone to several weddings this time since I've been sober. Um, one I went to a few years ago, and it was definitely like party, like party hard scene broke out at the uh, reception. And Dakota was with me. This and, like keg stand. <laughs> well, not not maybe not to that level, but it might have gotten to that level. But we went, and you know when it hit when it hit that stage, I kind of felt weird. Mm-hmm. And I turned to her and I looked at her and I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I mean, it wasn't like I was feeling like tempted or whatever, but whenever that, whenever that atmosphere is starting to, to, you know, flare up or whatever, I always kind of just feel a little uncomfortable. Like, and there's just, why am I here now Right at this point? I wanted to come to the wedding, you know, because I was friends with the people and I wanted to support them. Mm-hmm. And then after that was over, I mean, I was like, you know, I don't feel obligated to stay here anymore, right. and I'm going to leave. And another wedding I went to um, last year, they um, <laughs> it was one of those fancy, fancy weddings, and uh, I'm going to throw my wife under the bus on this one. We had <laughs> She had lost the invitation, and I was like, you know, what's the dress? Do I need to wear a suit or whatever? And so she was like, oh, no, it's casual. I'm dressing casual, blah, blah, blah. Well, I should have known better because it was like 7 p.m. at a country club. Right. But, I mean, like, you dress good anyway. I mean, like, you always wore a polo. Man, no. Look, I walked in this thing. Everybody's wearing tuxes. It was like a black tie. It was black. Everybody's black, you know, with, I mean, like, dressed to the nines. Super nice, catered live band everything i mean this is like a, a pretty nice wedding so your your normal good look now look like the homeless look yeah i look like some gutter you know person coming around so i already felt like out of place or whatever yeah and then um i never like was tempted with alcohol or anything like that at this point at this point <clears throat> but i was i i'm pretty sure i was one of the only ones not drinking and so I mean, even being several years sober, like, I can still feel awkward in situations where people are drinking around me, mm-hmm. and I'm not. Um, but what I usually do in those situations is I have a glass of water or have something, like, that I'm drinking. Not trying to pretend, mm-hmm. 
like I'm drinking an alcoholic drink, but just something to give me something to do so I don't seem like a weirdo, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but, but we ended up leaving, you know, pretty early on. Just because uh, you wasn't dressed right. Well, I mean, I just felt <laughs> odd all around. So, well, I remember we had a guy on here named Russell. Uh, you remember Russell? He came on, he yeah. mentioned that he used Red Bull. He would actually, and he would hang around. He, he does a lot of coverage and stuff around the town here. Yeah. And he would just carry Red Bull in a cup so that he wouldn't even be asked. It Nobody would look would like mask a mixed him. drink. Yeah. And I was like, huh, I've never heard of that. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And so. You know, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, I, I I don't carry anything. Well, one, I have one hand, so I usually try to keep that hand free. So if I have to do something <laughs> with it, <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. I've just never felt tempted to have to carry anything. I, I've never had a problem at all with so. You know, if someone asked me, you, you want to drink? No, nah, because if I have that drink, I break out in handcuffs. You know, yeah. I'm certainly allergic. Or you just say no. Nah. Yeah, you don't I even mean, have to explain it. Yeah, but I, I do because I just it doesn't bother me. Right. In fact, oh, yeah. I found it's an, an opportunity to share recovery with someone by talking about my problem. Yeah. So what if you're trying to be anonymous? You know. Well, I'm not a good person to ask that. Right. I mean, we we host a show called Superholic Podcast. Right. I mean, uh, I know. But you know. <laughs> I'm saying if you are trying to be anonymous, and somebody asks you for a drink. You can just say no, thank you. Yeah. You don't have to explain why. Of course, I mean, yeah. I don't think it's wrong for that. No. Now, for an alcoholic, we think that's wrong because you don't turn down a drink. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, you're talking about an open bar, and I'm like, I probably would be tempted because that's just free liquor, you yeah. know. But I mean, an alcoholic thinks that way, but a normal person who drinks, for you to say no, I don't want to drink, that's fine. In yeah. fact, we were just on a fishing trip, um, uh, probably two or three weeks ago. My son and I, we went with a bunch of people I didn't really know. A couple of the guys drank, but um, it wasn't no big deal. A few of them would ask me if I wanted to drink, so no thank you. You know, uh, it, it, and just. Nah. But the rest of the guys, they never even drank. Right. You know, so just because you're around people who drink doesn't mean that all of them drink or that you have to drink because one person is drinking. Mm-hmm. Those are just kind of those light bulb moments for me in recovery that I just thought that everybody drank. <laughs> You know, no, there's a lot of people that don't drink, that, yeah. and it's okay not to drink. This right? sober curious thing, this whole sober, like, movement, like, there's, there's like, a big movement now. I'm sure you've been aware about this, but maybe our list, some of our listeners don't know, but, like, millennials and younger, like, the younger generation, like, a lot younger than us, are, are you know, they're doing these stints of sobriety where they'll be sober two or three months or whatever, um, for health reasons, for mental reasons, for creativity reasons, um, where there's actually like like sober bars and stuff now, where it's not just people in recovery. That's what I was trying to figure out whenever I was reading about these these places, and I was just like, this is so strange to me, it's but cool, to me. you yeah. know, that they're like, hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be sober for you know, the month of May or whatever, and they don't drink any alcohol for 30 days. And then you'll read their blog afterwards, and they're like, I'm, I was so much more creative. I slept better. You know, all these different health benefits and stuff like that. And they have mocktails and all these different, See, you know, I don't, I don't there's like a whole culture. A bliv- that, I'm just oblivious to that. It, it does not register on my understanding meter at all. There's like a whole, like, sober, like, social sober movement where there's these bars that are sober bars and were t- for people to come and be social with each other, but with minus alcohol. Right. And so I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty cool. You know, I guess I just, I don't understand. I mean, it. I'm not going to go. Yeah. Me, we, me and you are not going to go cause we're married and we're old. <laughs> 
But I mean, I think it. I think it's cool. Like, if, especially if you're young. Forty two for me is not old. I don't know old. how old you are. You're younger than me. Thirty nine. Yeah. See, I mean, we're not. We're not twenty two. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe but so. I mean, it's cool that if you're a young person in recovery, like twenty two or twenty three, yeah. there's so much more available socially to do now than when we were twenty and twenty two. Yeah. I, I see your point, and I agree with your point. That, that was probably a lot more things to do socially than we knew in our 20s right, sure. because we were alcoholic and drug addicts. Well, yeah. And so that's what well, we gravitated towards. I mean, the stigma of being in recovery is nothing like it was 20 years ago. Right. I mean, I, I you know, when you – I mean, people are proud of being in recovery now. True that. Where – that was not the case, not even when I was first getting sober. That's the reason our, our listeners call themselves soberholics. Right, yeah. Because, you know, they're, they're not afraid to talk about it. I mean, it, and know? I think that's probably one of the biggest leaps in recovery in the last 20 years is just the stigma going down. True. So. Well, those are the things that I believe um, kind of look different today than they maybe did 20 years ago, um, that we can be sober and we can still have social things that we do. Um and you know, just because you get sober doesn't mean you have to stay wrapped in a cocoon. But there are safeguards you need to put in place. You need to, you know, like we talked about, your motive. You need to be grounded in recovery, accountability partners. The list goes on and on about those things, and we didn't really hit all of those. Um, but we've talked about how you can um, be sober and do things that you thought maybe was never possible. Even mention some of our our guests who have done those things, mm-hmm. but I don't make it a habit out of those things. Yeah. I don't hit a concert every weekend. No, I don't yeah. do cruises and all every week. Yeah. But if we're prepared for those things, I think that it's okay to do those things yeah, with accountability, right? Um, but even as you mentioned with your first concert, you didn't just get sober and just go straight to those things. Yeah. You know, it took some time. Right. You talked to a sponsor about it, and so before you get the hate mail, um, I, I think that you know. If you use the the right systems in place and the right uh, tools in place, um, then then all those things are perfectly okay. Yeah. So definitely. All right, guys. Um, that brings us to the end of another show. Um, you know, tune in next week. We're going to be talking about some more things. Uh, maybe even have a show guest on here with us. And so we will see you again next week. Until then, I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberholicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.